She's Fergilicious. Definition make them boys go crazy. What a like a horrible song. She talks about I'm making like junior high boys horny. Really? And I'm like that, she like she's got I got them boys on rock raw. Like there's a thing where she talks about I think it's her. Like they have like posters of her on the wall and she implies that she's giving them an an erection. And it's like that's that's just, um gross. That's pretty well crap, that's pretty terrible. Make them boys go s- loco. They want my treasures so they get their pleasures from my photo. You could see me, you can't squeeze me. I ain't easy, I ain't sleazy. I got reasons why I tease them. Boys just come and go like seasons, delicious. But I ain't promiscuous. And if you were suspicious, all that shit is fictitious. I blow kisses. Mwah. So it might not be specifically it, it. It could just be because like she uses the word boys there, and I know she may not be specifically referring to young boys. But like, who's listening to that song? Uh, <laughs> certainly not thirty-seven-year-old men. Look <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 dead inside. <laughs> I know. Oh, listen, listen. This is a good time to be dead inside. Everyone is. For example, Teen Vogue. Go on. Teen Vogue, whose audience is 10 to like, you know, like to 10 year olds to girls in like early part of high school, um, had an article, had a tweet talking about sex workers. Yes. Yes. So that's great. Um, if anyone else were to do it, it'd be called grooming. <laughs> you know what? It's very true. Hey, here's a fun tweet. Um, Go let's just take a guess as to who said this. Hey, 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 it's America's dad. I know it's late, but to all the dads, it's an honor to be called a father. So let's make today a renewed oath to fulfilling our purpose, strengthening our families, and dot, dot, dot. Turns out it was an Instagram post. Let me just finish this last part here. <laughs> uh, hold on a second. Oh, this is so disgusting. Uh, strengthening our families and communities. Hashtag Happy Father's Day. Hashtag Renewed Oath to our family. Hashtag Renewed Oath to our community. Hashtag America's Favorite Dad. Got to get that branding in there. Hashtag Far From Finished. I have no idea. Who would say all that? Bill effing Cosby. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he, he did yes, not. Yes, he absolutely did. This has been the craziest week on Twitter. Thank you, Jesus, for Exodus 90. <laughs> Wait a second. You need to hear this one. No. This is crazy. You're talking crazy. No, I'm not. That is 100% real. Wait till you hear this one. You're going to lose your mind. Um, just hold on a second here. Hold on a second here. Let me just, let me just pull this up. I'm really excited for you to be able to hear of this one. No, that's not it. <laughs> Oh, here we go. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Uh, This is a a video. Uh, Oh, my gosh. This can't be real. Okay. Um, Here's a tweet for you. Let's just see how quickly you're able to to guess this. This is from uh, yesterday. Again, Father's Day. (laughs) The first thing I want to set straight is the story Pardo, who is not my manager, is talking about all over the media regarding me and at Chris Jenner. Any idea? No. Who who that is? I have no idea. June the June the fifteenth. Thanks to all my new followers. Love learning how to use Twitter with, with this like one video. And I'm not gonna go into that part. Into the video. June 14th. Coming soon. I'm going to try to pull up the audio. Hello, this is yours truly. Now, coming soon to Twitter, you'll get to read all my thoughts and opinions on just about everything. Now, there's a lot of fake OJ accounts out there. So this one, at the real OJ32 is... No. (laughs) Wait, wait. This should be a lot of fun. I got a little getting even to do. So God bless. Take care. Did you hear the last line? So God bless and take care. No, right before that. No. He goes, I got to get a little even to do. Oh, dear. What's it? What was the, what was the Twitter thing? It's OJ Simpson on a video. 
No, but what is it? The real OJ? Yes, it's the real OJ 32. You, You need to hear this. This has all been the past three days. So the best is um, Norm McDonald's response. <laughs> because do you remember how like hit, like back in the 90s he just continually um, like just continually like ripped on OJ Simpson? Yeah. Yeah, so he like he retweeted that with a quote saying this is the greatest thing ever. Exclamation <laughs> point. OJ Simpson saying I have a lot of getting even to do. A person who probably murdered two people back in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter now. Uh, so that's what you've been missing. Oh man. Yeah, we should all be we should all be like everything is falling apart, everyone. OJ's tweeting, Bill Cosby's tweeting. Oh my God. Yep. Luke, what has happened? Well, see, there's this thing called the darkest timeline. And we should have known that this was gonna be, be become a thing when uh, Donald Trump won the Republican primary. Yeah. In my opinion, it starts there. Something happens, Biff screws up the timeline or something. So it's an alternative 2016, or sorry, when he won, when he won the nomination in 2015. And from there, things just kind of unraveled. Mm. Mm. And that's why we're in, a, we're in a place now in our country where O.J. Simpson and uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Bill Cosby, you know, who drugged and raped dozens and dozens of women. Anywho, uh, now I feel it's cool to, you know, tweet and say, you know, kind of like get their place back in popular culture. Oh, my gosh. Although I will say this. You know that the 90s are truly back in style when OJ's back in the news and there's a carry in Oakwood again. (laughs) Somehow it's all about you. Yeah, seriously. Oh, Put man. Put that in your blunt smoke it. No. Destiny. No. Luke, this is awful. Oh, yeah. No, we should. This is truly the end, the end of the world. Uh, okay, so here's an update from last show. Um, so remember the last show where we talked about fire? I do. Uh, do you also remember the last show where I accidentally added like three too many transition songs? Dun 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 dun. No, dun, no dun. it was no because we were all over the map. We were. So that, I had to was, add those songs. There, it was a couple of were too close, um, but one was like I had to shave off like literally a minute. But it doesn't sound like there was a transition. But I needed it. But anyway, yeah. let me read you this tweet. Can I read you this tweet, Luke? Or not a tweet? Can't a wait text to hear message. It. Uh, so, uh, fan of the show, Brian Kelsch reached out to me and says, Hey, do you have some time to chat between nine to noon or after three? Just want to catch up. And I said, for you, yeah, probably after three. And he says, awesome. Call whenever you got some time, mostly about FI and invest <laughs> investing. And I said, Ooh, and he said, yep, exactly. And I said, I just had that conversation with my folks and my brother, Chris, also the whole Steubenville on the Bayou speaking team and a cat named Mr. <laughs> Scruffy's. <laughs> Luke, you nailed it. I was listening to it on the way home. Holy crap. Uh I go a little too far sometimes, huh? What are you what are you talking about? Eric, should I put on my camera so uh you can see me in the dark? Oh, I totally forgot that my camera was on. No, no, no. I've got this going on my sweet, sweet five G network, so this might work. Oh, you're sick. Let me uh I gotta 5G, 5G I gotta network. touch the DBX, it's too loud. Hold on. Better than touching yourself. He's not going to hear that until he edits. <laughs> the magic of podcasting. I'm drinking water. Man, I'm super bummed at the uh, Sumville on the Bayou conference. I got to see, but didn't get to talk to, Father Brad Doyle of the Quizzical Papist podcast. Uh, so I didn't get to check in with him. For all you listeners... He runs a bar trivia style podcast called The Quizzical Papist, and he had both me and Luke on, and we versed each other, and it was fun. Yeah, that was very fun, actually. I really did enjoy that. He did a really, like, I was like, okay, here we go, here we go, and then he nailed it. Like, the questions were good, and 
hard and all over the place. And I think he said, Luke, correct me if I'm wrong, I got the highest score of all time. I think that's what he said. Yeah, because he literally Uh-oh. has a theology podcast that had one whole thing about the Song of Songs, which because you didn't have to take such such things as math or science or history, you just read all that stuff, and so it's ingrained into your brain. So it's almost like he designed a podcast, uh, he designed a quiz just for you. Yeah, it's almost like that. Except he started with nothing but tooth and nail songs, and I'm those pretty- were warm up questions. I know. <sighs> hey, and now just a PSA pre check. Check that out. Oh, I know, you know what? I was going to do that, but then I did it. Now I wish I had. <laughs> You're a child. You're a child. No, I'm going to do that eventually. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is now if I, if I start flying out of Dayton, like there's no real difference. Right, but flying back to Dayton, there probably I will be. I know, I know. Speaking of flying, when people, um, when they hear this, I'll be flying to Alaska. Yeah, yeah. You'll yeah, be in Alaska. Me and you, man. We're going to hang out in Anchorage. We're going to uh, go see some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Are we in, <laughs> no, are we in the same gonna... hotel room the whole time? I, would, so, I mean, I would assume so. Exhausting. <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? No, I mean, no, I'm excited. I'm excited. You hate me. I don't hate you. I just don't love you as much as I should. <laughs> I just quietly tolerate you. Yeah, there you go. That sounds good. Yeah. No, I'm good. So that'll be fun. Excited to see people there. Actually, I know a few people out there who are going to come and hang out. So, What are you staring at? You're not paying attention to me. I'm looking at my document that I sent you that you ignored last time we talked. I'm sorry. Hey, Luke, you're going through a gigantic move and, and a new job all at one time. Could you read this stuff? That'd be really cool. Thanks. My name's Luke. I somehow make it all about me. <laughs> That's not true. You got mad at me because I haven't been able to dive into these documents about things that you just wrote randomly. And I'm excited to talk about them, but I haven't had a chance to. I glanced at them. Luke, I didn't write them randomly. I wrote them when I took my day off because my <laughs> mental health wasn't great. <laughs> no, I desperately needed to not pay attention to everything going on in my life, so <laughs> I ignored it all. But and you can't. <laughs> and then you get mad at me because I haven't been able to really dive dive into them yet. Yeah, nailed it. You get it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, let's see if uh, do you have anything to to talk about? Well, I mean, I was just referencing a document. Yeah, but how, whenever we try to talk about stuff, uh-huh. no, I, I'm fine. Do you want to talk about um, what's the document? I don't know. We can. I just thought it would be fun. We don't have to do the first one. Are you just getting? I don't know. I don't know, Luke. These were me writing shit down. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to help. Help me help you. So do, the, do you feel like the format of the podcast is broken? No. No, then we're fine. <laughs> the last time we were going to try to do this was like three episodes in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Whoopsies. You can tell that um, Gomer was in a really good headspace. One, life is suffering. <laughs> <laughs> Point two, the false celebrity. <laughs> Number three, good or a coward? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Luke. See, this is what makes you beautiful. <laughs> Only you would know that Gomer's in a very dark place, and he's not thinking interesting thoughts. He's just in a dark place. <laughs> this is the epitome of you changing your Facebook profile picture to cross to, to like Christ on, on being taken down off the cross or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Jesus being stripped of his garments. Yeah. No, I remember. I remember very well. <laughs> I had people ask me if you were okay during that time period. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Is Gomer okay? No, yeah. look at his Facebook profile picture. Are you joking? He's an extreme extrovert. <laughs> we, yeah. He's he's an extreme extrovert who's caving in on himself all alone in his alone in his uh, apartment master bedroom. It's very easy to see the state we're in based on our like social media posts slash pictures. Yes, yeah, very that is easy. Accurate. That is accurate. Um, okay, so let's so let's talk about the life is a suffering part because this has been on my mind a lot. Okay. So, um, uh, since we're show about discussion over instruction, let's read these prepared notes. 
No, we don't have to read the <laughs> I prepared know. I'm notes. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Luke, I'm just kidding. Luke, I'm just trying to be prepared. I don't want to sound like a jackass. And yet, every time I get prepared, I sound like a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, you come up with the topic then. You, I, you I've, fancy boy. I've come up with like 150 topics. Yeah, and there's 198 episodes. <laughs> we, need, we, need, we need that old carry charm one more time. Uh, all right, everyone. Um, so I, I have this whole other theory that we uh, are very bad at dying to ourselves, and it's making everything horrible. Discuss. Isn't that the essence of Christianity? So aren't you saying it's very difficult to do the essence of Christianity? Um, no, I just think that the es- – I, I think like um, one of the big signs of our post-Christian culture is that um, it's not just the fact that there are Christian things that have been skewed, things like the notion of equality or – I mean that might sound a little bit weird, but how we view equality right now or how to bring about – Actually, probably a better way to put it is how to bring about equality. This idea of like dying to yourself or like like holding up a good thing as being more important than like your own wants or your own desires or trying to conform your desires to what is good and right uh, doesn't exist anymore. So in a post-Christian culture, how can you cling to you know Christian actions when the culture is so inherently selfish? Like even like sometimes where we quote certain like certain like saints and stuff, um, you know we we hear a lot of people talk about that one quote. If you know if you are who got um, who got um, made you to be, you would you would set the world on a fire. Which is and like those are all really great quotes, but I think we kind of because of how the culture is, we don't fully understand what that actually means and how much dying to self that really involves. Yeah, so what you're saying is, like, we take a great quote, like, become who you, if you become who you meant to be, you would set the world on fire. And we're like, yes, I need to follow my bliss. And, like, we read it through the lens of, like, radical modern individualism yeah. or hyper-individualism. Yeah. Whereas yeah. St. Catherine of Siena was like, fulfill your vocation that God gave you. <laughs> yeah, and I just, like, I, there are, I'm starting to see how much dying to myself I actually have to do in my day. You know, so th- there was this tweet from uh, from our good friend of the podcast, Father Anthony of uh, the Clearly Speaking podcast, and he was saying that there's no room for um, there's no place for the cross with with in bachelorhood or something uh, something along those lines. And I was a little bit like, mm, I love being a bachelor. And again, I'm not saying that being unmarried is bad. I'm just saying. I was kind of like, I mean, there's a lot of people who like are a bachelor, but like not quite by choice, or it just hasn't worked out, or you know all this stuff. But I think what he's getting at is that it's if you're not committed to anything, like if you don't have any type of like if you if you basically don't have a vow that you're really trying to commit to, there's nowhere for you to actually die to yourself. Yeah, and I think it's that oh lack of like we don't really take vows all. That seriously, even our baptismal vows, you know, um, now or we, you know, we view them more as like um, promises or um, things we just kind of like have, we just kind of have to say as opposed to this like thing that we have to adhere to, no matter what, you know, like we are both, we are both, um, we are both like married men. We cannot cheat on our wives. Right now, we have the freedom to do that. Like we, it's like, it's like the world's going to end if we were to do that. Well, I mean, it would. Act. Well, sorry, that's, that's kind of sounds harsh. I'm just um, blabbing. You need to interject. So, I, I, I guess what I'm asking is, what is the cross in 21st of the century America? So, okay, so like when I, I'm looking to your own document about stuff we can talk about how like life is how life is suffering. We live in a c- culture like. It's it's weird, right? Because when you look, like we're not um, we're always called to like ultimately be healed to come out of uh, suffering. At the same time, we're called to enter into it, or to not be afraid to enter into it, or to really you know when the time has come to do that to really embrace that. Yeah. But when you have a culture that doesn't want to suffer, that wants to do everything they can to, that really prides itself on the ability to try to not do that. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Okay, so let's talk about, like, millennial culture when it comes to this stuff. I think there really is a big pushback right now against that. There's a lot of people doing – if you look at it from the pop culture perspective, 
I want to state this, and then I want to show how it's nuanced and not true. So, like, I think there is a pushback against the drive for ever more comfort that has been dominant in the Western world. And you see this in the response of um, people doing things like, uh, what do you call those stupid races that everyone does? Like the ruck race. Oh, the, yeah, like the uh, Spartan Warrior. Spartan I would love to Warrior, do one of those. Zombie race. You know, they have all of these fun things. I think they're cool. Don't get me wrong. But I, you know, they're, um, you have millennials who are working multiple jobs that many people a generation ago, baby boomers or Gen Xers, typically didn't do. And we're all doing like side hustles and things like that. Um, there's a lot of people who the, the type of millennials who are actually hard workers, I think, are probably some of the hardest workers that have ever existed. And we are like nose to the grindstone with a lot of stuff. And so what ends up happening is, uh, so I, I do think that there is an embrace of difficult things. I think the rise of things like CrossFit and Fit Faithful fanatic or whatever the f3 thing is that they like there is this element of doing difficult things like we've been living on a on a silk cushion for so long as a society that now it's time to like buck the trend and do you know crazy workouts and all of these things and i think there's something interesting in that but at the same time my nuance is but they're all experiences and you know like that i can go to like a tourist or they're all about me you know what I mean? Like, it's not do the hard thing mm. of the mm. greatest generation laying down their lives, ru- you know, rushing into trenches in World War One, or, you know, taking island by island in the Pacific Theater in World War II. It's, it's like, look at this hard thing I'm doing. I'm going to go look hot and work out. You know, like, well, I'm going to, I mean, but it's awesome that you're pushing yourself, but. I think that's the danger of what that stuff can turn into because I think one of the appeals of CrossFit is that everyone's calling you on while you're doing that. So it's this communal experience and i'd say the same thing is true with a lot of these with a lot of these spartan warrior stuff yeah but when it's um, when it is rooted in when it begins and ends with yourself it's tough because honestly one of the biggest things that really helped me out when i started to um work out was not the idea that i need to like die to myself and carry and carry on it was that i'm worth it yeah. That like my body and myself was worth going through this pain so that I could be healthy. Right. You know, and I don't think that was an that was like a selfish thing. I think it's when that becomes vanity that it becomes a that it becomes a problem. Yeah. And I don't know if, I think we've kind of lost the notion of, of vanity. Like kind of the first thing to go not the first thing, but like a thing that was lost Really, by the time of like um, you know, like back in the back in the nineties or even the eighties, no one talked about gluttony right. anymore. You know, and that like now it's just kind of gone. I mean, it's an idea that I, it's like a sin I don't even stop to think about when I do an examination of conscience. I kind of think that the next one of that like is vanity. Like I don't even know if I could really describe vanity, but I think I have a like a, a vague idea of it. Yeah. And so when you're trying to do these things that, that are inherently, like, they're good, but because the culture is such like a self-absorbed culture, it's so easy to become unvain, just doing it just for yourself and, like, not caring about anyone else or trying to impress others with who – I think a lot about a lot of the pornography addictions that people have, a lot of the addictions um, to sex or to lust and those things and how much dying to ourselves that actually – it takes and how unwilling I wonder a lot of people are to really go in. Like, are people really unwilling to die to themselves to the point where they're willing to go to, like, sexaholics and ominous, or they're willing to go to, they're going to, you know, go to therapy for the stuff, or to really... I think we tend to view it as, you know, in, like, in the moment, but as opposed to, like, these really big life-altering changes we have to make. You know, like when you get married, how many people actually cut off a lot of their relationships with their friends of the opposite sex? Because it can, you know, get to a point. I'm not saying all of them, but just, you know, it's just you can't necessarily have that time anymore to do that. You know, and it's a little bit easier to it's a little bit easier to cross a a a couple of the of like you know those lines. And I think people don't want to. And it's tough because I think like for the most part, the culture rejects those conversations now, and so you can't even. 
enter into the idea to say if it is right or wrong. It's just automatically like, I'm a no, that's dumb. And it's almost like, well, don't these vows mean anything anymore? Right. Oh, yeah. Like, the one of the things that is fascinating to me is our inability. And people blame millennials. I just think we, like, reap the whirlwind, you know? Ever the people were so, the boomers and the Gen Xers were so in the wind, and we reaped the whirlwind. But everyone's doing it. No one commits to anything anymore. Like, I was joking with a friend that I really do think, like, millennials make commitments just so they can break them uh, the day or two before. Oh, my gosh, I got food poisoning. Sorry, I don't feel good. Um, everyone says they got food poisoning. No, you didn't. Um, and uh, I think that they we do that almost like a way of, like, oh, look, I got this time back that otherwise was going to be spent somewhere else. It's funny to me, but, like, everyone is doing that. Yeah, it is the hardest thing as a person who used to have to, like, run events for uh for the millennial age group to get people to commit to anything it's yeah, but, and it's like that difficult. across the board well like, oh, i've been like that way that with tons of weddings with tons of other you yeah. know yeah absolutely and it just fascinates me how no one's yes is yes to use the scripture reading from the other day no one's yes means yes and no one's no means no but um, I, I, yeah i don't I, like and, and like here's what i'm, I'm trying to get at is I think the I think we live in such a self-obsessed culture now that it's almost like we don't have the framework to do that stuff any any anymore. You know, I've um like I'm so intrigued by that idea that like people who talk to strangers are more mentally healthy or have like less anxiety and why do a lot of us not want to talk to people that we don't know because we're scared of like it comes from a selfish place we're scared of how we're going to look or we don't know what to do and so we just don't do anything at all like um like how many of us really feel good at the art of conversation or feel um confident i mean even ourselves like like i've noticed the bulk of the time when i really talk to people i end up talking about myself or about like the podcast and and it's the bulk of the time, it's out of fear because I don't know what to do besides turn inward. Yeah. So I'm trying to do a better job of, like, talking to people, of asking more about, like, their lives and what is going on with with um, them. And it scares me how not good I am at that. And I just kind of wonder if it goes back to the fact that it's just easy to be really selfish now. Yeah. And And the other thing that I'm seeing within my own family, like, you know, you know, they talk about traditional Catholic families. Like, we homeschool. My wife stays at home. I work two jobs-ish so that she's able to do that. Um, but that's kind of like what we wanted as a family. That's what she wanted. That's what we wanted. Um, but it's amazing to me that the, uh, the more kind of research I do in this area, the fact that one woman is alone with all the kids, that is almost unheard of in human history. It was never one woman. It was so the eldest got married and they all like essentially lived in the house on the property where the males grew up and everyone just moved into the house. And as you started turning out kids, eventually you would go and start your own house on another piece of property that maybe your father owned or that you would go and acquire or whatever. And you would begin to build your house, but you lived like murderously close. Most of human civilization was born and died and lived in between all within five miles of of those moments. They died within five miles of where they were born. So think about, like, all the women that were in these big families, which were normal, the women were never alone. It, would, it was never just a nuclear family and one woman responsible for taking care of all those kids until you get into the modern era with capitalism and, um, and the Industrial Revolution where people fled to the cities and they were leaving their families behind, you know, all this stuff. Like, individualism divides up the family. So I, I think about this in terms of, like, the con like you were talking about that framework. The context is so shifted that even when you're trying to do the difficult and responsible thing, it's almost like it's ten times worse because now you're doing it all alone. And there's I think there is a cognitive load that comes with saying yes to anything anymore because we're all doing these things alone, too. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's like when... I don't think anyone's really I'm willing to add. Well, no, I'm sorry. I think like, a lot of people are, but like you know, for, for, the, for the past five years, I've talked about pornography a lot, uh, just here on on the podcast and in my old job 
here at the Archdiocese, and I can say it now, woo, I was in Cincinnati, everyone. I directed the young adult office. Anywho. Um, wait, what? What? Um, oh, wait, are you being serious? No, I knew no. you were in Cincinnati. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, no, no, I just meant I thought that you were. I'm shocked that I was sharing that. Okay, so, oh. <laughs> um, you know, and we, we, you know, and we would we we started to really just you know dive deep into the issue of porn, and we, you know, we, I'm um, read a whole bunch of stuff on it, and it, like, I think back to the fact that like how many of us grew up watching MTV or things that were on yeah. VH1, or just you know having. I wouldn't even say pornographic images, but having images that an eight-year-old can't process, right? You know, uh, or shouldn't have to process without being traumatized by it. And even if they like, even if the time they feel like they enjoy it, it still screws them up because they're not, they're not, their brains and their emotions can't handle that right. at all, at all, yeah, at all, at all. yeah. And so it's like, you know, why is the 11-year-old boy who is dressed up in uh, drag and, you know, doing – like he, the kid who they showed twerking and stuff, like it's the fact that he – like he, he's not emotionally developed to handle those kinds of things. Right. Like that's the real trauma of that. I mean like at its core, at its yeah. – and, and so – when you and like it's no wonder everyone's hooked on porn or everyone like uh people are tempted to cheat on their spouses or all this it's so people like it's not just we need to take more cold showers i'm not trying to go against um your little thing this is just like as a whole like these are deep issues and like cultural um wounds that we have that go back decades and decades and decades it's almost like we were screwed from the beginning yeah, and, and so, I mean that is my whole point with the community. Like exactly, yeah. Like yeah. literally, the landscape of how they built suburbia was to isolate people away from their next door neighbor. And you go to Steubenville, the homes are super close together and they're super close to the road, and everyone has a mega front porch. Air conditioning came along; you didn't need to be on the front porch, and they built homes for or na- neighborhoods for cars instead of walking. So you got big old garages, you got big old driveways. You pull the home further and further back. From the street, mm-hmm. you give people bigger backyards and all this stuff, and you make the emphasis the back half of the house where the television is. I mean, just think about like the kitchen being the literal center of your life, the hearth. It was where the house was made warm and the food was made. So the kitchen well, was the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And now, because you don't need that, the kitchen is like this neat little designer place that I want. And People still gather around it because that's where the food is. Finally but got a now, farm sink. <laughs> Whatever it's called. <laughs> Under the counter sink. Yay. Um, but now it's where the t- where the main TV is for most homes. Not everyone. But yeah. um, once you do that shift, once you do that shift, it, it changes that dynamic that's like hardwired. Who was I talking to the other day about um, – Oh, shoot. Oh, it was you. You and your your handsome face. See, I forget you're even in the stories. When you were talking about Idaho and how people didn't have nice cars because you drive on dirt roads, and it's like, see, even the landscape informs the culture. Yeah. Right? Like, no yeah. one's going to get yeah. a brand new black BMW, M3, whatever, and then drive it on a dirt road, have it covered in dirt, and you'd be like, why did I do this? You know, like, there's so, pot- so many potholes, it's shredded through the tires. Like, what's well, happening? And, like, this is honestly why I think at times... I miss college, and some people say, Luke, that's you being immature, you know? And, like, there's that scene in Endgame where you have, like, Fat Thor, and he's just drinking and playing video games with, like, all of his buddies, and it's meant to be sad. And I'm like, oh, are you joking? That's heaven. Um, <laughs> Is he in Valhalla? I think yeah. he's in Valhalla. <laughs> he did it. Um, he but did it. He, he died a warrior's death. Congratulations. <laughs> he gets to relive 2004 over and over again. Um, no, but, uh, it's not that, that I miss. It's not that I don't want to like sit all, I don't want to just like hang out and, you know, drink all day. I will fall asleep and just have a headache and be super crappy. But it's that you're in such close community with so many people. Yeah. And that's what I miss. Like, I think I was on Facebook the other day and this one picture of, of all of us popped up and it was just like, I had 40 best friends at one point in time. Yeah. I lived I lived like 40 guys. I could talk to any of them about anything. 
and it would be awesome. And I know that I can't have that anymore right now, but I'm like, can I have something that gets kind of close? Like, it shouldn't be such a drastic change, though. Yeah. Like, how many men our age now say they have no friends? Yeah. How do you go from having all these friends in college or high school to nothing? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think the like it's the fault of our wives or the fault of like of like a marriage. I think you're right. It's how it's like the structure of our roads and of our cities and our expect the fact that we have to drive so long to get to work, the fact that we're stuck in our cars for that long, um, the fact that we have to drive everywhere to get everything. And so it's just the way that our culture is built, the way it, it is inherently isolating. There is a, a statistic from Robert, Dr. Robert Putnam's Bowling Alone book, which is a sociological book, um, analyzing basically the outcomes of hyper-individualism. And, he, and I accidentally hit play on it. I was trying to go through and get all my Catholic audiobooks so I could uh, make some recommendations to this woman. And uh, she's got an hour commute. She wants to learn more. And so I'm pulling out, and I accidentally toggled the book to play. And the statistic was that literally just came up was for every 10 miles further you have to drive, like civic engagement plummets 20%. Oh, wow. Yeah, so the whole idea is like I'm spending so much of my life putting money into a car, into the gas tank, so I can go forward for an hour, you know, in one direction. And and just burn. I mean, like we are killing our prime working time of the day by just sitting in a car or sitting in a bus. In a bus, it's a little better because you can read or you can talk to people or you can email. But um, like I, I think that the number one thing everyone should live ten to fifteen minutes from their work. Yeah, and it's just it's. It, but that, I mean that over and over again because then whatever juice you got left in the tank is then spent on driving home at the end of an exhausting day. Now, some people can use it. I had to do that commute. I had to do a long commute. And you adapt, like I adapt, uh, adapted. And that was a time, you know, I kind of refreshed and detached myself from the craziness of the day. But at the end, you know, I still got home at 7 instead of 6. My kids still went to bed at 7.30, and I only got 30 minutes with them. Well, more like 20 because they have to brush their teeth. Well, more like 5 because they have to get baths. You know, it's mm-hmm. like do 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 do, and yeah. You know, I I know a, a couple that the all their kids, like their babies and stuff, went to bed at like eleven thirty at night. That was their bedtime, so they could get three hours with dad. So everyone's schedule just shifted to that that late, hmm. and it was because he worked for the church. He was a youth minister, and he had three to four nights every week where he yeah. had to be there till nine or nine thirty, and then drive. And he lived about forty minutes from home. And he had to do that drive every single day, almost. I want to um, talk about like what like instead of like I mean I, I think we've done a good job of painting the picture in terms of like what's wrong. Uh, let's talk about like stuff that we can do, but I want to add the caveat of let's talk about as being in the, like I don't want to talk about like faith sharing groups, and I because I want to talk about like how to live while being in while being. I'm informed by that stuff. So like how do we drive in our cars? How do we spend our social time? How do we like how do um, like how should we be living then? And and again, I I just kind of just this is I'm not against the community group stuff. It's just um, I think quite often with the split between um, the grace and nature, we always tend to emphasize the grace part and what we can do to improve that. I want to talk more about the nature. And how that gets isolated, and how so? How like how how do we merge these two things together here? Just some unpractical tips or like ideas we could you know maybe try to come up with here on the fly, completely unprepared. <laughs> no, I think the very first thing is we have to discover silence. You have to figure like if you're in your car and you have a half hour commute, which I think is like the national average, you have yeah. to cultivate silence at some part of your day. Because what we're not noticing is even if we fill our, our minds up with good entertainment like Catching Foxes, Pints with Aquinas, Word on Fire. Catholic stuff about, you should know. Our old friends. We hardly eat. Uh, I miss those guys. Sorry. Go yeah. on. Um, even if we fill ourselves up with good content, the just the constant stream of consuming 
itself is damaging. So I okay, I want to unpack this a bit. I'm having a hard time with this right now because because of like my pro life has just gone to hell. I mean, quite literally, it doesn't exist right now, which is not good. I'm trying. Um, or you're not trying, which is why it's in hell. Well, no, but I mean, like I'm, I'm, I'm doing kidding. my like. Um, but one of the problems, so I primarily am at my best when I'm able to pray in the morning. But it's been difficult because we've just been so unbelievably busy with buying this house and this move that I'm getting up and just the first I'm getting out of bed. I'm taking a shower, grabbing a uh, uh, grabbing a Cliff Builder bar. Feel free to sponsor this podcast. Um, and then driving to work. And you work like an hour away. Uh, yeah. So on the way there, it's about 45 minutes on a good day. Um, coming back on a good day, it's about like 50 minutes just uh, uh, with traffic. How – and I and like I, I really enjoy praying the um, liturgy of the hours and getting a little bit of contemplative like prayer in. But I feel like it's been impossible to do that. And I feel so guilty about it and I don't know like what to do. Can you adapt to different types of prayer? Um, yeah, I think where I feel guilt, like like the most I'm guilty is I'm not spending ten to twenty minutes in contemplative prayer. Like, is that wrong? Is that? I mean, I think everyone needs mental prayer. Like, you can't progress in the spiritual life without mental prayer. I know, and you can't. But the, the here's the thing: like Bishop Barron quoted, what's his name, the Trappist dude, um, Seven Story Mountain guy. He quoted Merton. Um, him saying praying is Went a good kind way of crazy to start. towards towards the end. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We like old Merton, not new Merton. Um, he said praying is a good way, or saying your prayers is a good way to start praying. And what he meant by that was praying something like the Rosary, Our Fathers, and Hail Marys, and all that stuff is a good way to start getting your brain ready to do mental prayer. Vocal prayer is an excellent intro into mental prayer. What is better for all of it is silence. Right, So if you constantly have noise and then you turn it off and then think that you can go right into prayer, you can't. That's impossible. This is one of the reasons why I love praise and worship, but I'm so nervous about it, is yes, you praise the Lord with your singing and the melody, but there's an element of getting lost in the rhythms of the music that you're not really, it, it could have been a Celine Dion song, and then uh, Hillsong United, and Hillsong Young and Free, and then all of a sudden you're doing Dead Mouse or whatever it's called. Like, you're just floating through music, whereas mental prayer, you have to full stop and, f- and focus on this. And there is an element where focus, like, you can sing praise and worship music in your car, and I think that's better than not, but um, I don't think it, like... We are what we focus on, and I don't think we're focusing on – I don't think we have the capacity to focus on God because there's so much noise. Do you think so, – so here's what I've like – I've been trying to play around with a bit, like both before – well, not post-move, but because it's just all bad. Um, I, like I feel – so I love praying the liturgy of the hours, but I, I like to build like you know 10 to 15 minutes of – contemplation af at like afterwards but that means that i have a good like half hour of prayer time which right now i feel like i just don't have time for um i'm i'm it's starting to get to that point like um last night was the first um night that we didn't have anything to do and it was awesome but um is it okay to build contemplate like contemplative prayer into that if you want to like pray the rosary if you start doing that but then you really um give yourself like a half hour just to do that yeah, I think that's great. I think that's fine. Okay. I, so you should never feel yourself bound to one form of prayer forever. You should feel bound to the time that you are praying and the consistency in prayer, but not necessarily the form of praying. Because okay. certain types of prayers are going to be very useful for you at certain times of your life. And I think, number one, I think the Liturgy of the Hours is... It's always good, but I hated Liturgy of the Hours until about a year ago or six months ago. I don't know why, but I'm, I'm obsessed. I've always loved it. I, I'm like, uh, until I could – actually, you know, it might have been when Father David Huss got ordained to the priesthood and we went to his first mass at the seminary. And the, 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 the seminary chapel has that monastic choir seating instead of normal pews. And it's that idea that they're chanting back and forth the, 
the stanzas of the of the prayers. And I loved that. And there was something about that combined with the last prison trip I did, uh, last retreat, that the guy talked about, like, I don't know about this rosary because I don't know about you Catholics and Mary, but I love praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet where I'm just focusing on the cross of Christ. And he said, saying these prayers so slowly and over and over again orders my mind. And just by him saying that, it triggered this newfound love for the rosary and the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Um, but I think that if the, there's a danger and we try to make our spirituality spirituality everyone's spirituality or the ipso facto one like someone has a powerful retreat experience and then everyone has to go on that retreat Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. you know or i I follow this particular thing and everyone else has to do this thing if you're not a monk or priest or you know none you don't you're not required to do liturgy the hours it's beautiful and it's awesome and i now i now i do love it but um you know maybe doing the scriptural rosary while you're driving into work, you know, or or not the scriptural rosary, but just praying the rosary and figuring out a way to to make that a mental prayer for yourself. Do you think it's uh, like? I, I think this is probably um, different if you have kids in people's state of life. But I've, I like I, I know um, uh, priests who have told people in the confessional that they sh- that they should try to be praying outside of like um, when they're in their car, besides having to resort to that. Yeah. Oh no no no. I agree with that. I agree with that. But. What is so to start somewhere? Well, to start somewhere, but cultivating silence is still what I'm saying, and to have mm-hmm. that, and to have that mind okay. that is formed, like you work at a nonprofit. You know, they talk about people who are out in the world. You can't retreat. Like, okay, so here, this is actually a, a funny story, but when, two lengths ago is when I decided to, or maybe it was three, to wake up at five thirty. And I woke up at five thirty, and I was writing the curriculum for the for the community group videos on Ascension. And I'm waking up, and I'm writing them, and I'm writing them. And then my kids wake up at five thirty, and they come down the stairs, or they hear me, or whatever. So then I wake up at five, and then they wake up at five, and then I and I'm not being loud. I'm just writing, clickety clacking on a keyboard. No matter, I, I, I was telling Gilmer, <laughs> I was waking up at four fifteen every morning just to get the thing started. And the kids would keep coming. Like, it was driving me nuts. So to say that that the, the car is not a place. Now, here's the deal. The reason why it isn't is you have to constantly take your attention off what you're doing. So what I'm saying is it's an excellent preamble to enter into prayer. So do what you can where you can. I know plenty of people that work downtown, so they take the bus. Mm-hmm. And they take the bus. This is my dad. Solely so that he can pray. So he sits there on the bus, and he has a prayer book in his lap. That's awesome. And he just reads through. And so you could do Liturgy of the Hours while you're taking the bus. But if you're driving, you have to pay attention to something. So I understand the idea of putting on Christian music, praise and worship, whatever it might be, something uplifting to the soul, um, just so it's not all poison all the time. Yeah. I even like to do a thing where um, the last, like, five to ten minutes I'll turn off everything in my car just to mentally prepare for work to kind of get into the zone. Yeah, I mean, just think about that, but you have to pray that way. So with Exodus 90, you, you're required to do a minimum of 20 minutes of contemplative prayer. And they give you these, uh, I think it was the Legionnaires of Christ that based on the gospel reflections and stuff. Watch out. But they want you to do an, uh, an hour. That's the goal is to do an hour a day and at the very minimum do 20 minutes. And even though I work for the church, I, I intentionally don't go to as many liturgies as I can because I want to spend as much time with my own family as I can. And so I will intentionally, you know, not go to morning mass so that I can spend as much time with my family. Because I have to teach a class that night and I'm not going to be able to put them to bed or whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. There was a time when I felt super guilty for that. And then I just said to myself, I'm a layman. I'm not required to do any of this stuff. I'm required to go to Sunday mass. But that also doesn't mean I don't have to participate in any way in the liturgy. So I would read the gospel. And then the gospel reading became my obsession with the book of Romans and Galatians. And then now we're selling it. And we're <laughs> selling it. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So tr- trying to take time for, for prayer is important, especially as – and like building up time, like ample time um, uh, for silence. Yeah. That's, that's, that's one. Uh, that's tip number one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. shit. Sorry. Yeah. This is more lightning round. Okay. Beauty okay. passion. Here we go. No, no. I mean, no. I mean, no, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I would I would I'd rather have like good um, conversation than like just a, than a lot of stuff. So. Not Plus me. Some, this is a listicle. 
Yeah, plus the magic of editing. Um, I think having... I'll just edit out all of your parts. <laughs> <laughs> As I do it anyway. tradition. Just kidding. Uh, I think... Um, ah, shit. At times I feel bad because I feel like we are um, repeating our, 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 our ourselves, but this is what is on my mind. Um, carving out time for things like sex if you are married and uh like going on dates if you aren't like really honestly saying i'm going to devote myself to these things that are part of my vocation uh however like really on whatever that might be so it's not so on the fly but it has some type of intentionality to it is really important so perhaps it's having um sex you know two to three times a week or even some people have done it like um once a day just for like a week or so and see how that's like helped their marriage and i've heard good things about that um regardless i think being intentional about your vocation in your week and quite often that's a communal thing for the majority of us uh i think is really important oh yeah and understanding that your first duty is to your vocation regardless of what your job is it's to your spouse if you're married you know it's to your kids that's your first place and yet it's so often the last thing that we talk about because uh because we we just assume that everything's fine and they'll always be there but we and i speak of this as a husband and father right so that's my context and I know that if I get caught up in the day-to-day, that I can easily lose my kids in that, moving them from the next thing to the next thing to the next thing without taking time just to be with them. So that contemplative prayer attitude of just being with God, not being afraid to waste time with God, needs to be the attitude I have towards my family because they're my primary vocation. I need to not be afraid to waste time, good, healthy, whatever time, structured time with my with my spouse and with my kids. Like... And it sounds funny when you say it, like, make time for sex in, the, in this regard. When you're newly married, you don't have to do that. But once you start having a million demands pulling you in different directions, you're like, oh, no. Oh, no, I'm so lonely. No, um, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you, and you should, no one should ever minimize that. It's not a joke because life makes more claims on you the older you get. Why do you think I postponed this podcast by a whole um, 15 minutes? Oh God, <laughs> my dear Lord! Um, what'd you, what'd you do with the extra twelve minutes? <laughs> uh, com- completed the budget. Um, <laughs> I earmarked my restaurant and grocery bill spending. Thank you, good sir. I, I would say I want I want to add one to one uh, part as well is that find something in your area that you can walk to, like with your family, and do that. So. Um, here's what I, so here's how I would, you know, and that, that could be kind of hard for some people, but I would say if you can find something and I would, I want to add into this context of, um, real, it's kind of odd, but I mean, obviously having kids is going to change, is going to like change your life, but I don't think, and this is, this is, I'm coming from a guy who doesn't, who does not have kids. So feel free to tell me that, like, I'm like full of crap. But I don't think you should dramatically change who you are or the things that you enjoy or find to like add or let's find that like bring life into, you know, your life. Like I'm talking specifically about more cultural uh, stuff that you like. I don't think you should change that or stop doing that just because you have kids. I think your kids should be a part of that. So if you like going to the museum, bring your kids to that. If you like going to movies, bring your kids to see good movies. If you like listening to really good music, like allow your kids to partake in that with you. Um, the one thing that that you know both like both like Aaron and I um, love is going to farmers markets and getting uh, different kinds of foods that are there and talking to the different kinds of um, vendors and all of this stuff and seeing what's in season and getting food that just you know is in season and I had this hippie um soap that I was I'm like to find and buy and um we were, and, and with where we are right now we're able to walk to that and it was really fun oh and yeah I, that's awesome that's and awesome. I look forward to like bringing our kids there if we have well, you know, we'll, we'll have some, some kids um whether we adopt or not but uh we'll have kids regardless so i'm curious to get like your take on that of like doing the stuff that like you like but bringing your kids into that in a way that like you know works 
So when I talk about how to teach adults to have, it's this thing I have going on a spiritual journey with your spouse. And it was a talk I gave to the women of the St. Anne Society. Um, one of the things that I wanted to get across to them was you need to have your own individual relationship with God and you need to have your shared relationship with God as a couple, right? So you need your alone time with God and you need to be praying together. And if you have kids, you need to be praying with your kids, right? Those are three different things that you need to have. And I say that your spouse's job is to remind you to pray together and to carve out time for you to pray alone. So there would be mornings where I would go downstairs at 5 or 5.30, and if the kids for some freak reason woke up before 7 a.m., because my kids are a bunch of freaks, my wife's job was to intercept them and prevent them from disturbing me for 30 minutes or whatever. And then we would switch, and I would bring the kids down, and I would feed them, and then my job was as, you know, one by one they would start to wake up to get them and funnel them down so that she could have her time to do her spiritual reading, praying, whatever it might be. And I think that's true, not just about your spirituality, but it's about the things that feed your soul on top of it. Like, I'm a reader, and I love movies, and I'm an extrovert, and I like to go out with people. My wife is an introvert. She's not a reader at all, but she loves movies. So I remember talking with someone. I think it was, um, I can't remember who it was, but I was talking with someone, and they said, oh, I haven't seen a movie in two years since I had kids. I used to go to the movies all the time, and I looked at them, and I'm like, what are you doing with your life? Like, why is it so hard about going to the movies? You just get a sitter. Like, what's the big deal? And he's like, oh, well, I just don't. Well, because it's not a priority for him because it wasn't like that big a deal. But for me and my wife, we love it. Sexy Staycation 2017 was built around me buying tickets to go see The Last Jedi at 1130 at night. And our we had a whole weekend a staycation framed around going to see the movie and then spending time together and all this stuff. So my wife loves doing stuff like that. So that's, that, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're right. You can't just ditch that stuff. But at the same time, you have to die to yourself. You oh, have yeah. to realize yeah. that a lot of that stuff isn't going to go away. It shouldn't go away. But at times, it'll be put on hold. At other times, it'll be more free. Well, okay, so how about you and your wife? Like, now that you're married, uh, you... True story. Yeah. <laughs> You're a, a, a hardcore bachelor when you were a bachelor. Damn straight. You developed, you developed very, I mean, you lived alone. You had roommates. You did the whole deal. Like, what do you share with her? And where have you completely, you know, you still do your own separate thing from her? Um, We share a lot of things. Uh, like toothbrushes and stuff? <laughs> no, it's disgusting. Actually, no, I mean, I probably don't care, but she's disgusted by it. Um, <laughs> probably don't she wears all my t-shirts now so there's that um okay no um what do we share so i i think probably like like uh there's a lot of like house responsibilities that we just do together or like she'll do it one part i'll do i'll do the other part um we go to the movies a lot because she, like um i think she just enjoys it and i like doing that stuff uh we tend to talk about a lot of like like stuff that we find interesting so a lot of that can be economics or just um, different like we, we like we're always i'm um, talking about stuff yeah. um and i think that's and I, I think that's the thing that we will you know always do and i hope to be able to engage with our kids and like um those things i want to be able to talk about economic policy uh, uh, with them or you know talk with about your wife events with you and your wife doing these full-time jobs in different cities do you get at least 30 minutes a night of facetime to talk about this stuff yeah, yeah, and it's, and it's. I mean, there are times when it's just not always about the stuff. I mean, it's it's. it's I'm a, but it does come up pretty, especially as it relates to work. So now that we're both doing um development, we, we like we talk about that stuff all the time. I just imagine like you're like, I want to talk about my feelings, and she's like, No, we're going to talk about the economic philosophy of Eugene von Bombeverk. Yep, it's pretty much how it goes at times. Or she'll like, just okay. like like come up with this stuff, and I'm like, oh, you went to class, <laughs> and yet somehow you both ended up in basically the same job. There you go. Who's Who winning now? Won? <laughs> Who won? <laughs> I remember I was talking to some teenager, teenager, and he's like, I'm taking like six AP classes this semester. I'll take another six next semester. I'm a junior. I'm filling out all these college applications. You know, I'm killing myself to do all this stuff. And I was like, you know, no one cares. 
No one cares. Like, literally, you get out of college, no one cares. And there's like, no, that's not true. I was like, well, if you're not on, if you're on the dean's list, that's a great thing. Cool. I was on the dean's list. I loved it all but one semester. But uh, no one cares. No one asks you. No one really asks for your GPA. They just look to see the types of classes you took. Yeah. Well, I and I I think it's ultimately um, it's ultimately more about what kind of person are you trying to be, are you know you being molded into. You, you know, yeah, but you and your wife. Still ended up in the same place. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was doing stuff. I just said it wasn't very disciplined. <laughs> okay, no, that's uh, fair. Um, what are some other like um, practical, like like just really like think like how can you how do you overcome the way that like houses are built and streets are you know and uh, and yeah you know yeah my like my that. practical thing is uh, for the last two years I've put my grill in my garage, which is so annoying instead of in my backyard. So that I can grill in the presence of my neighbors. Mm. And I can strike up conversation. As they're coming home from work, I'm out front, and I can just talk with them. And you're good, too, because you have a pretty you – have, you have a short driveway. Yeah, yeah. I'm about 15 minutes, 25 if it's crazy. No, no, no as in, like, your oh, – like, the driveway. driveway. Uh, it's, it's normal. It's not that short. It's um, bigger than mine. Like – you can be by your garage, and you're practically on your street. Like, if I'm by my um, garage, I'm really tucked in there. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it's like 30 feet away or whatever. But um, my – I mean, that's my thing is, like, being visible, eyes on the road, learning the kids. When when there's a new Nigerian family that moved down at the far end of the streets. There's about 15 houses on our street um, before the block hits. And they're at the, the opposite end of me. And they, my kids got on their bikes and were riding around the block. And then their kids, who are much older than my kids, came right to my house. And they would ride. And literally, these kids were riding in front of me doing what my little kids were doing. Like, I was teaching them how to, like, you know, you, pack, you pedal backwards and your bike will stop, you know, on those little kid bikes. And mm-hmm. that's the brakes. And so I was teaching them how to go really fast and then slam on the brakes. And skid across and try to leave marks on the pavement. I used to do that all the time when I was a kid. And so my kids were doing it. And then these kids would come up. I mean, they're like 13, 14 years old. And they were doing it on my driveway. And I was like, whoa, that was a good one. And he's like, thank you. Like, like they were so excited for adult interaction. It was kind of weird. And <laughs> But if I wasn't there and it was just like, you know, kids go out there, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I get my FaceTime with my neighbors when I do stuff like that. That's my main thing. Hmm. That's cool. That that is very cool. If I had more time, I would do gardening. I like like an actual garden like with food because my next door neighbor does that really really well and I'm like my lawn is barely mowed. Like I just weed whacked the whole front yard because it was a thicket. So because uh, we've had a whole bunch of rainstorms when I'm home, and then I leave, and then I come back, and then more rainstorms, so I can yeah, get out the most. That's that's where I am. I I think I would like to start uh, landscaping more, just so I'm kind of doing some stuff uh, with the earth. You know, just kind of yeah, yeah. You know, and I think I, and I want to try to. Um, I don't know. I I think um, this is kind of a hard right turn, but I'm going to ask if I can join the parish the parish council here. Oh my goodness, that would be awesome! Yeah, I just you know I'm thinking like I really want to be able to serve, and so and they have a need for uh, for uh, for um people, so I'm gonna be like, hello, I'm sure you know who I am, and I'll be like, who? And I'll be like, crap. Uh, Aaron told me to not get egotistical about this. Don't don't go in there trying to flash my credentials, (laughs) which you will. You will immediately. I know. I'll try. I'll try. I'm not do it, and I'll be like. I'm Matt Frat on speed dial. <laughs> and then like I'm Matt Frat, I'll be like, what? I'm like, nothing, never mind. Wouldn't that be so funny <laughs> if on the first day you bring like a backpack or a bag with some notes and stuff, and then you accidentally drop it after you've unzipped the top and all the catching foxes stickers go everywhere. <laughs> You're like, what? that's weird. How did that get in there? I just got back from Anchorage, Alaska on my live show. I do a live show. It's fine. It's about it's basically save the church during the scandal. Anywho, if you want a ringtone, donate ten dollars or more to catch the <laughs> patreon.com slash CF. What I'm happened? Dangerously <laughs> close to being like that all the time. Oh man, I, where was I? I was somewhere, and someone was at church, and they were like, uh, "Are are you are you 
are you the Michael Gormley? Are you Gomer? And I was like, are you a Catching Foxes fan or an Every Knee Shall Bow fan? <laughs> sort of <laughs> like, Catching Foxes? And I was like, I have a sticker in my office for you. <laughs> Immediately gave him a sticker. Mm. Absolutely. You have to mention both now, huh? Yep. Well, because if it's in a church setting and someone says, I'm a big fan of your podcast, and I say, oh, how long have you been listening? They're like, oh, for like two, three years. I'll be like, oh, catching foxes. I can cuss in front of this person. No, no, it's fair. I get that. And then I immediately make a dick joke, and they're like, oh, my gosh, it's like real life podcast. Speaking of real life, zip. No. um. (laughs) (laughs) Cocaine. Oh, man. Uh, Okay. I I feel like these are some really good tips. Are are there any more that we're missing? Oh, here's one that I would add. Um, Just not everything has to be churchy. So, like, we're, like, a whole bunch of like, young adults. Uh, we're going to go and um, watch the first two episodes of Stranger Things. Going to have an 80s theme party while we do that. Um, I think breaking away from this idea that everything we do has to involve some sort of, like, church activity. Yeah. I don't think that's true. I, I think that's the isolation of um, of um, the grace right there. Yeah, the, no, I 100% agree. You know, In so, fact, it makes me so... Uh, like so annoyed that everything i mean that's one of the reasons another one of the reasons why i do woodworking is because it's not church related like and i don't just mean it's not god related i mean it's not churchy church related yeah yeah you know i mean institutional churchy stuff and it's it's funny because like i i see that in college students that are like a franciscan or i see them at you know like a summer camp or whatever and we'll be talking and they literally have no life except church life. And it's like either you have a vocation to a monastery or a convent or, you know, something like that, or you need to stop. Or this is going to be much. insufferable. Yeah, exactly. Like, please fall in love with technology or My Little Pony or something. Yeah. Because right now, there's no there there. You, you know, need they... to develop a habit. Beer would be a good habit right now. <laughs> There would uh, – is that how you hit on the freshman girls at Franciscan? <laughs> no, 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 no. The juniors who were just finally coming out of their shell. Oh, there it is. Have you been following the women's team anymore? Oh, man. I love everything with the U.S. women's team. Are you serious? He said lying through his teeth. Oh, no, come I, on. I read that one tweet to you and felt great about myself for Keep going, 20, man. Minutes. They're gonna no. about to be on a roll. You might find that you might enjoy it. This could be a bonding moment for you and your daughters. What channel is it played on? EWTN. EWTN. Fox ESPN, Sports 1. Fox. ESPN, it'll, 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 all, it'll all be on uh, Fox or Fox Sports 1. Okay. Well, I don't have cable. You can use my Hulu pass. Oh, hello. Yeah. That's what friends do. <laughs> they no, but cheat, I, lie, and steal. <laughs> I think just enjoying going to do stuff with your friends is really important. Get out yep. on your street. Just try to, I don't know, do something, everyone. Have a effing hobby.